Welcome back to Bible Love. As you know, or maybe know, we normally record these on Monday and post them on Thursday. So our prayer today will be a bit of a time warp because Thursday is one of those days in the lectionary calendar that doesn't really have much. But today actually is a big feast. It's the Feast of St. Mark. So we'll pray the prayer for Monday, which you'll hear on Thursday. And in God's time, it'll all work out, hopefully. So let us pray. Almighty God, by the hand of Mark, the evangelist, you have given to your church the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. We thank you for this witness and pray that we may be firmly grounded in its truth through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Well, Bible Love listeners, my friend, the Reverend Carmen Germano is here. Carmen is the rector of St. Albans in Davidson, North Carolina. And Carmen and I got to be friends when I was in Southern Pines, and I'm so glad you're here. We also have a Swanee connection and some friends, a lot of friends in common. And I asked her, um, what do you think about this very hard passage that we've given you, First Kings um, 16 or 15 through, what did we say? 15 through, I'm messing it up y'all. 12, 16. Thank you. 12 through 16. And she said, you gave me the most interesting thing to bring up. And I said, yeah, it's like a lifetime movie, right? It is. There's a lot going on. So welcome Carmen. So glad you're here. Thank you. So glad to be here. This is the first time I have ever been on a podcast. Well, welcome to the podcasting world. Here it is. It's pretty easy, and it's a lot of fun. Um, so be sure and share this with all your parishioners at St. Albans. They'll love the fact that you're on a podcast. Um, so today, this is sort of an interesting um, turn. Um, we were kind of discussing a little bit that, you know, it's sort of interesting. David gets all this time in the Bible, Scripture, in the Bible. Even Solomon gets a lot of air airplay. I'm trying to think of some good funny words in there. Alan, I need you to jump in. Morgan and I were discussing there's a bunch of kings that happen that are reigning during this time and they get like sentences and paragraphs. Carmen, what do you think that's about? Well, we were saying before, I think, you know, there's a overall theme that maybe we don't know the ins and outs of every single one of these kings reign. Um, and it's now that the, the kingdom has split again, right? So we're, we're tracking like Northern Kings and Southern Kings. And it's when you're reading it, you're trying to keep it all straight and who's in the North and who's in the South. And, um, but the overall theme, right, is a lot of bad leadership, and um, and the pattern of bad leadership that seems to um, get passed on from son to son, uh, you know, from father to son, father to son, again and again, um, and they just don't seem to learn. And it's like the, you know, the, not it. yeah, the scripture seems to want to like show us there's a pattern here. Maybe um, maybe pay attention to that, even if. 
they're not spending as, you know, as many chapters on the individual reigns of each of these rulers. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because, um, you, you, you try to learn from the person before you, right. Or the person after you, like, I, I've, I know, I've noticed like sometimes in parenting, I'm not a parent, the two of y'all are, so you might have better say stuff to say about this, but like either you raise your children exactly the way you were raised or the exact opposite of how you were raised. <laughs> and it's like, they're not catching on here. Yeah. And sometimes you think you're doing the opposite and it turns out, oh, wait a minute, that's actually a pattern and I just didn't see it until, you know. Until it all came to a head. You're like, oh, that is a pattern. That is something I learned. (laughs) I didn't know that I had learned it. And now I'm doing it. Over and over and over again. Right. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. No. Like several times I can be like, oh my God, that's something my mother would absolutely say. (laughs) Don't do that. Do you ever have that, Alan, where you're like, oh, I'm not sure I should have said that. That's something. Not to down parents, but. No. I mean, my kids do things I say that they shouldn't. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, cause my kids hear me my worst. Um, and it's natural that they pick up, they pick up good things. Sure. But they also pick up bad habits, both, you know, maybe it's genetics for some of it. Maybe it's environment, but I think, you know, there's this whole deal. Like in the therapy and counseling world about understanding your childhood. And like, even like I had pretty, carefree childhood, but there's still trauma. There's still baggage. There's still things that we have to unpack. Like if we want to grow into fully functioning adults, we have to actually as adults talk about our childhood and understand it and process it so that we can leave the childhood stuff behind and grow into adulthood. And I'm 42. I'm finally learning how to be an adult maybe. But I think you see that here, right? Like these folks just, the line keeps going. And they just keep yeah. doing what they're doing. No one's taking the time to say, David had some messed up stuff. Maybe we need to process that. Right. I can't remember. Who was it who talks about like with trauma, You, if you don't transform it, you will transmit it. I don't remember who said that, but mm-hmm. the phrase itself has yeah. stayed with me and I use it a lot, even though I don't know who to credit with well they need they needed some real good therapists in this time period for sure right and that was not a thing you know um too bad too sad um because that probably would have helped some of this continuing sort of i'll just do what my dad did even though that didn't work i'm gonna keep doing it and i'm gonna have a lot of ladies and i'm gonna keep wanting more um, land and I'm going to keep being greedy and it keeps coming back to the same thing. We talked a lot about this last week, Carmen, like this sense of power, right? And we all want that. That's who human beings. We can say we don't want that, but we do, right? That's just, it's innate. It's in us. It's part of it. Um, but I I can't help but think like God is so wise y'all. God said, this is not going to work. God God knew it wasn't going to work. But he let his people, right, go ahead and be people and be humans, right? What do y'all think about that? I feel like that's the starting point for anytime you crack open the Bible, right? It's like, okay, I'm going to maybe learn something about God, but maybe I'm going to learn something about me, you know? Um, Yeah. I feel like that is 
we learn something about God here, certainly, and and like God throughout this whole couple of few chapters is every now and then, you know, usually through a prophet is kind of trying to get people back on track. Um, and like God will, God will enter in and kind of try to, try to rein it in. Um, but I think more, you know, even more than that, we're reading these chapters and learning about ourselves, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and how we are not always very good at listening to those prophets, listening to the ways that God's voice is trying to get our attention. Um, and these, you know, and I think for people who are in leadership positions and in positions of power, that can be even more true, right? Cause you get so many different voices in your head, um, or, or voices competing for your attention, um, and wanting. And so that, that gets even harder and it doesn't go so well. And well, Carmen, I love what you just said is like, God is always trying to get our attention. Right. And I mean, I really uh, appreciate that very much. And we see that sort of in our own lives, but I mean, it is certainly true in scripture. And so how can we like look at that and go, how can we learn from this? How can we do this different? I mean, I think if the average person was like, I'm just going to read through the Bible, right? I'm going to start at the beginning. I'm going to read through the Bible. I think if they got to first Kings, they'd be like, uh, like, I don't even know how to pronounce these people's names. There's like all these Kings, they get one or two sentences. Carmen pointed out that there is actually like one good king and it gets like a paragraph. I mean, he hardly gets anything, right? I mean, so I think it would be really easy to be like, mm. yeah, flip, 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 flip. I mean, I feel like I've done that before. I mean, honestly, I don't even remember studying first Kings. Yeah. No, no, no nothing bad to seminary. Love you. But, yeah, um, but there was a lot and you had to like, triage sometimes yeah, and there, it's not in the it's not in the lectionary a lot is it y'all? i checked and none of this is in the lectionary it, like we're we're close to it right right after this section in chapter 17 we get into the good elijah stuff um and there's some good stuff in there but this this is not in the lectionary and i can kind of see why you know like it would be a lot to stand up in the pulpit on a sunday and have to unpack like um, you know, death by lion and stoning and male temple prostitutes and foot disease and all of the like interesting stuff that is in this section. That actually sounds like a fun challenge. Including like, I don't know if you'll notice this in chapter 12, but like the sickest burn. Um, did you, did you see that one? The, um, well, guys tell, um, King Rehoboam. I just call him King R. You got him. The younger guys tell King R, um, my little finger is thicker than my father's loins. Like that's what he's supposed to say to the people (laughs) who, um, don't want to be taxed anymore or whatever. Like what a great line, but maybe not the best for reading from the, you know, from the lectern on Sunday. Yeah. Everybody's like that one. Now, wow. We'll say that for children's chapel. Totally. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, there's, there's some like, yeah, you, you, all, you always have a hard time when it's where, is it in Corinthians when they, 
um, talk about the circumcision and all that, you know, but yeah, let me talk about loins. Let me talk about my little fingers. Yeah. I mean, this would be really hard. And I don't even know what I would preach about. I'm really not sure. I mean, I'm just appreciating the two of y'all. Like, let's just say, get real with this. Like this I, is our junk, yeah. not junk stuff. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I did ask myself, like, how would I preach this? I'd probably won't ever have to, um, yeah. in our tradition, like, would you come um, I mean, so you could certainly talk about unfaithful leadership, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. you could preach that. Um, you could preach like there's at the, at the very beginning, um, I mean, everyone was so excited, right? When the kingdoms were united, but it didn't last all that long and the kingdoms are split again. And I mean, and I think that that secession of the king of the Northern kingdom, um, the schism, right? Like that's something we see in our lives all the time. That's something we see in the church all the time is the brokenness of something that had been unified, um, and the pain that that causes. Um, and it keeps, you know, these chapters keep referencing like the fighting between the North and the South, um, you know, Israel and, and Judah. And it's like, you know, yeah, we, we may not be in our context in the midst of a civil war at this time, but like we know schism, the church knows schism, the church has known schism, um, you know, almost from the beginning and, and it's still happening. And it's, I feel like there is, there would be an avenue into having a sermon, like just by naming that, like this is human nature. This is what, this is not what God wants for us. God wants unity for us, but we humans keep finding ways to, you know, to split apart, to go, you know. That's excellent. That's the sermon I want to hear. I, I mean, that was, that's really good. Well, and y'all, I was thinking about it. Like you get into 13 some, and this was interesting to me. And so the Lord spoke through a prophet, right? But I mean, there's some chastising happening here too. Like, I'm not happy with you. And yeah. let me let me talk to you about it. You didn't do what I said I wanted you to do. And now you're not going to get to eat bread or drink water or do the things that I need you to do, um, you're going to get punished for that, right? And so this is sort of that wrath of God we hear about sometimes in the Old Testament, you know, um, that people don't like and they're like, but you know, I, I, as I do believe that God is a loving God and uh, to the bottom of my heart, but I, I think there's something to be said that there can be some disappointment from God too in some of the things that happen in our lives, right? I mean, God does not, I cannot imagine that God is looking at what's going on in Ukraine right now and going, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's found, you know, in a open grave in Ukraine. I don't know if y'all read that this weekend. Right. Like, I mean, this is not okay. You know, there needs to be from our God, sometimes some words of like, I'm not okay with this. I'm not happy with this. We got to get it together. You make me think of two things. And one is, I think, I mean, I think you're absolutely right that um, God's wrath. I mean, there's got to be on God's part, like, profound hurt and disappointment and anger when, you know, God sees us humans just like 
not listening, not being faithful, being hurtful, you know, both small scale, big scale, as you were naming. And I think of it as like a parent, like, you know, when I see my kid not listen and, you know, make the same mistake again, like it's frustrating. And I, I might feel wrathful, right? (laughs) Because, um, like, listen to me, you know, put your listening ears on and, and, and do better. Does that? Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I think that that's, for me, that is a helpful way into conceptualizing the wrath. Like certainly with scripture, it is troubling to read about when the wrath seems to then result in like, you get punished this way and you get punished this way and you lose, you know, your life and you lose your cattle and all of that. Um, and that I think again is us learning maybe about God, but also learning about us. We, um, in, even in how scripture comes together and how we understand scripture, we assume God is, um, just as vengeful and, you know, um, maybe defensive as we might be in that, you know, so, well, you know, Furman Buchanan, when he gave the overview of first and second Kings, he had this great line. He was like, you know, God sometimes is like a mama bear, you know, and I, I thought was really helpful imagery for me because I was like, that makes sense. Like protect, 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 but also like I'm in charge of you and I have your best interest and I, you need to listen, you know, and I'm, I think the parenting example is and I don't have much to contribute to that, but the two of y'all, um, you have that and it, it is, it has to be frustrating. It has to be hard. And so that's where God has to say there's consequences to this. Yeah. And it is rooted in love, right? Like when sure. you love your people, when you love your children, you, you want them to listen and you want them to thrive. And, and I think that's, that's where God's anger, when we see it on display, like that's where it's coming from. It's coming from love. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, and some of it is, you know, we never want to take blame or fault of our own. And so we look for blame and fault outside of ourselves. And when we live outside of God's plan as these folks are. And when we push up against the boundaries, sometimes bad things happen just because there are natural consequences. Like if we're not doing the right thing with our neighbors, our neighbors are going to get mad. And if we're not taking care of the planet, climate's going to change, you know, all of these things. And so God's not doing it, but like, we don't want to take responsibility. Like my kids don't ever take responsibility. It's always someone else's fault. And so if they were writing scripture, it's obviously going to be someone else's fault. They won't play any role. And so there's this divine judgment aspect. Mm-hmm. Like maybe it's a, you know, pretty scientific people wrestling with how bad things happen. And obviously it's the big guy's fault. Um, but that goes to, like you said, we learn about ourselves is we don't want to take responsibility. Like the fault has to lie outside of ourselves. Right. Right. Yeah. God is such an easy target. For people to, you know, I hate that, but it's true. And I've done it myself. It's just, it's just really true. So Carmen and Alan, like as we get into 14 and 16, this is kind of through 16. This is kind of where we do get this one good King. Yeah. The poor one. Aza, 
I, it is what I, I think how to say it, but you know, what do I know? Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he gets not that much rain, but he, I no. mean, much air time, but he did rain a long time. Yeah. Know? And he did some good stuff. He did. And so just for like timeline for people. So these like four chapters, we're talking about several hundred years in these four chapters. Am I correct in that? Like that several Kings reigned at 40 years over this time. So we're like, I didn't add them all up, but that sounds, we're quickly getting through these Kings. And then there's this one, Carmen, tell us what are some of the good things he did? Well, I mean the, so this is, Rehoboam's grandson. Mm-hmm. And um, so his dad, Abijam, Abijam made all of the same mistakes as his dad. But then Asa comes along and, um, and we're told is faithful. He removes some of the idols that were built by, you know, his predecessors. Um, you know, there were these golden calves that were built um, up in the North because they didn't want people going down to Jerusalem for worship. So they, you know, we get more golden calves. Um, and, but so Asa, the king removes some of the idols, gets rid of the male temple prostitutes. Um, that seems like a really good thing to do. I know. It just seems like, yeah, like solid decision, Asa. Solid. Yeah. And then even apparently, like, I would love to know more about this, punishes his mom for idolatry. I know. I saw that. Um, that was like, interesting. We don't get a lot of details about that, but that's there's probably a really good story there. Yeah. Um, and is on the throne for 41 years. It says is not able to, like, get rid of all of the sin and idolatry, but as a leader... Um, like is not, I don't think is very well known, um, by people that there was, we think about just all of this bad leadership. Um, but there's not even like a little, um, snippet in there reference. I mean, I think it's in one other place and again, it's all running together, but in one other place, it was like, even David was referenced again, like, you know, this, years and years and years. Yeah, ago. not at this point is a long time ago. But um, then his son gets becomes deranged, and he goes back to all the old habits. Yeah, it doesn't last. It doesn't last. Um, yeah, Jehoshaphat, and that's a very familiar name, I think, for people. But it's we don't get a lot of details, at least not here, about um, that reign. And then like, then there's a lot of little short reigns too. Like, right. um, two years here. Um, there's even a seven day reign at one point. I think that's that was really interesting. You, in get you yeah. screwed up so bad. You only got seven. Yeah. That was Zimri, I believe. Um, do I have that right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so some really long, you know, 41 years or so. And then like one person doesn't even make it a week. Um, yeah. So. Really interesting. I mean, and, and then the, it, it ends our time together in these particular chapters ends um, with his own son, Amra. Omri. Yeah. And he just begins to screw up again. I mean, yeah. he, it says he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and did more evil than all who were before him. 
So this poor, poor Aza, he's like, I mean, I tried so hard and then I put my son up and he screwed up, you know, I don't know. I feel like we're just saying the same thing over and over, but it's just this constant, like nobody's getting it right. Nobody's getting it right. Yeah. And there's even a schism within the schism at one point when half of Israel wants one person to be king and half wants Omri, Omri, the other, you know, so some of the people went out, but like, again, if we were needing an illustration from the Bible about how bad we are at unity, like, there you go. Right. How bad we are at holding things together. Yeah. Maybe we don't need that, but if we do, it's there. We do. We definitely need that example. But I mean, here's the good news. It's not the end of the story, right? Yeah. Go ahead, Alan. Yeah, I think it speaks to like our cultural moment, right? We look for the one person who reunifies, either in the church, you know, we look at the presiding bishop or we look at a, a priest who's coming into a divisive congregation. We look to the person or politics. We don't even need to go there. We look for the person. Scripture's full of people. Of, this is the king that's going to do it. Or going back even further, we need judges. They're going to do it. Oh, we need kings. They're going to do it. Maybe we'll learn at some point. We haven't in like 6,000 years. One person can't do it because we're all screwed up. And all in all, God always knew, right? God always knew if y'all would just stop all this and it's, and we just still keep doing it. I don't know what it is about human nature. I know that we're broken people and that's part of it. Carmen, thank you for guiding us through this really interesting, not an electionary for some reason. Roller coaster ride. (laughs) I do appreciate um, your thoughts about like, there is places if we feel broken and we're like, what not to do, you know, go on, go on to first Kings. It's right there, right. Of how not to. And then also I really appreciated the discussion about God, because I do think God, we have to um, remember that all that God does for us is always rooted in love. So Carmen, thank you very much. That was really lovely. And, a neat challenge to get to um, dive into a part of the Bible that a lot of people don't go. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll give you an easier one next time you come back. How about that? Sounds good. Uh, listeners remember that we love you, but most importantly, God does. <laughs> <laughs>